Good morning from the Summit Responsible Solutions Studios. Welcome back to the second hour of Better Lawns and Gardens. I'm Teresa Watkins, and I am your host, your gardening expert, and your, I'm a garden writer, horticulturist, landscape designer, so I have that for you. If you'd like to give us a call, one 455 2967 or you can text me at 23680. This is the start of June. We're coming into the second week. What should you be planting right now? Well, all of the Caribbean vegetables will do really well. They'll take the humidity and the heat. So that is the calabasa, the chayote, cherry tomatoes. I've got some beautiful photographs of cherry tomatoes to put up. And also uh, Beverly in Tallahassee, she sent me some beautiful harvest of tomatoes that I'm also going to post. Collards, dasheen, lima beans, snap beans, malabar spinach, malanga, New Zealand spinach, okra, which has a beautiful yellow flower, looks great in a regular landscape, and then you can eat it too as well. Then hot peppers, roselle, seminole pumpkin, southern peas, sweet potatoes, yams, and yard long beans. So those are the items, uh, the plants that you could be planting right now. What kind of flowers? Angelonias, begonias, black-eyed Susans, blue days, bromeliads, broalias, bush daisies, butterfly weeds, cat whiskers, celosia, coleuses, coreopsis, corsandra. The orange ones look really beautiful. Besides marigolds and a little bit of the tithonias, there's not a lot of orange flowers out there. So corsandra is one of your good ones. Gallardias and gazanias, gerbera daisies, goldenrod, impatience, and then also liatris. If you have liatris in your yard already, in your garden beds, they should be coming up again and reflowering. Marigolds, melampodiums, moon vines, nicotiana, pentas, periwinkles, portaweeds, salvias, verbena, and zinnias will take the heat. And so while I was researching today's dirty word of the day, all I could find was one-sentence definitions. So we're going to listen to John Denver, and I'm going to talk about our dirty word of the day, which is fenestration. Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. So I dug a little deeper after I researched fenestration, and all I could find was one sentence definitions. So the definition today is courtesy of Costa Farms, one of the classiest and luscious tropical wholesale growers in the world. They're located all over Florida and up the East Coast to North Carolina. And the Merriam-Webster definition of fenestration is the arrangement and proportioning and design of windows and doors in a building. It was first used in 1846. Fenestration in a botanical uh, sense refers to the natural holes in the leaves of some species of plants. The size, shape, and quantity of holes in each leaf can vary greatly depending on the species and even vary greatly within a given species. Costa Farms' Karen Weir Jibison, writer, editor, and regular contributor of gardening and lifestyle articles to Better Homes and Gardens and Country Garden Magazines, she says the holes in some plants Leaves off, or plant leaves offer an exotic and much sought-after look. Plant species such as Monstera and Pothos produce leaves that are deeply split and with holes and slits in the interior part of the leaf. Leaf holes are called fenestrated leaves. The word fenestration comes from Latin fenestratus, which means provided with openings. In the language of botany, fenestrate means having small perforations or transparent areas, just like little windows. So there's several theories as why plants grow this way. One is that it facilitates airflow through the leaves that can help it in high winds. Another theory is 
that these holes can help cool the plant or capture light better, or that the perforations help camouflage the plant, protecting it from grazing animals. Regardless of why the plant does this, fenestrated plants are coveted by plant aficionados around the world. You can also help facilitate fenestration in plants that naturally produce holes. For example, monstera leaves become holy as they age and grow bigger. Monstera deliciosa, sometimes called split-leaf philodendron, typically, typically grows to at least three feet before they produce leaves with holes. If you're impatient with your monstera to produce holes, try monstera adansoni, which is bushier than monstera deliciosa and produces smaller leaves with holes in younger plants. So a big thank you to Karen Weir Jimison with Costa Farms on their page. We will post that this afternoon and get to you uh, the definition if you'd like to look that up. And you could also find the what to do in the month of June for your yard here in Florida. And I give you a list of items to do in your lawn with your landscape beds, also with your uh, your trees and shrubs, and then your indoor plants, as well as your tropical hanging baskets and all of your vegetable gardens. So you'll want to do that. So uh, that um, will help you. If you'd like to give us a call, one 455 2967 or you can text us at 23680. We have Carol Reese coming up. She is with the University of Tennessee. She's retired extension agent. And she has a wonderful, broad, expansive knowledge on growing plants and natives and non-native plants. We'll be back with more of Better Lawns and Gardens. This is Florida's Talk and Entertainment Network. Kids are amazing. And at Florida Kid Care, we think their health care should be amazing too. That's why millions of Florida's kids from birth through the end of age 18 get their health and dental insurance for free or at a low cost. And your child can too. Apply today at floridakidcare.org or 1-888-540-KIDS. That's 1-888-540-5437. Do you have a home that you don't want anymore? We can buy it from you within 24 hours, any home, size, or condition. For over 20 years, we've been buying homes for cash and helping homeowners sell their homes immediately with no listings or strangers walking through your home. Are you moving? Did you lose your job? Going through a divorce? Whatever the reason, if you're in a bind and you know that you need to sell your house fast, call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. We'll make you a serious cash offer to buy your home in 24 hours and let you walk away from it. No listing, no waiting. Sell any home, any size, any condition now. Call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. Make this free call now. 800-432-3916. 800-432-3916. That's 800-432-3916. As a Marine, Jamie's team always had his back. As a civilian, when things got dark, they still did. Jamie was losing hope when he found the Florida Veterans Support Line. Connecting with his fellow veterans helped him get back on track. Now, he gets to pay that support forward as a veteran care coordinator. Call 1-844-MY-FL-VET. Confidential, 24-7. Asking for help is hard. Call me. I've been there. Is your bathroom looking old and worn out? Want to update it, but you don't know where to start? Then let BCI Bath & Shower show you how to turn that old bath into an aisle of beauty and functionality. Our residential bathroom solutions provide the best value on the market, and our customer service is second to none. Our cost-effective BCI Bath & Shower family of products has what you need. Remodeling our bathroom was a big decision for us. They didn't make a mess out of our house at all. And at the end of the day, we had a beautiful new bathroom. And it was a great experience the whole way through. We have the best monthly payment programs in the industry, with payments as low as $68 per month, or no interest, no payments for 18 months. That's right. Get the bathroom of your dreams now and pay for it in 2022. Call 1-800-961-7639 for a free no-obligation price quote. That's 1-800-961-7639. When you want quality bathroom products at a great price, it's got to be BCI Bath & Shower. That's 1-800-961-7639.
How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-811-7913. 800-811-7913. That's 800-811-7913. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. Good morning. Welcome back to Better Lawns and Gardens. I'm Teresa Watkins. With me this morning is a down-to-earth, down-home, retired extension horticulture specialist. From the University of Tennessee, Carol Reese is a nationally known speaker who blends gardening knowledge, natural lore, and her quirky <coughs> humor to educate and explain horticulture to her audiences. Carol's columnist in several newspapers and a writer for garden magazines. And she attributes her love of horticulture to being raised on a farm by generation of plant nuts, including a grandfather who dynamited his garden spot each spring to break up the hard pan. I, we have to talk, Carol. I listened to Craig McManus's podcast called The Gardening Question, who interviewed Carol on the dangers of the native purist movement. It was very cathartic to listen to Carol's blend of instinctive and academic philosophy, so I wanted to bring her on to broaden the discussion of native plants preeminence. Good morning, Carol. Thank you for coming on this morning. Good morning. You made me sound so good. I want to meet me. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, Carol, tell us about your homestead in Tennessee. Well, I am sitting here on the deck looking at my 117 acres of a wildness mostly people said when i bought it it was cheap cut over land what are you going to do with all that land and i said look at it and listen to it mostly it's a place for dogs to be descendants of the wolf <laughs> and get to chase varmints and swim in the pond and roll in things they shouldn't <laughs> i can appreciate that so one of the best government programs we have in the united states is our land-grant universities extension outreach how did you become an extension agent well, I think so many of us by happenstance end up where we are, right? I was, uh, um, I'd gone back to school as a non-traditional student after wasting, I think, as many brain cells as I could and still function as a partying person in my youth, and I uh, um, discovered horticulture, and since I loved it so, I became quite good at it, and I was offered a job um and then taught some extension agents plant materials as a kind of a workshop. And the next thing I knew, I'd been offered a job, and everything rolled out after that. I never looked for another job. They were like, well, this job? I want to do this? And I'm like, okay, okay. Oh, that's that's wonderful. So one of the And it's a great job, you know, Teresa, and you know this. You get to meet so many different people, and you're not just sitting behind a desk eight to five. You're out. You're diagnosing problems. You're meeting a bunch of other people plant cooks and let's face it we're, we're more fun people than average <laughs> i agree with you and it is all about meeting the people and helping educate them it is it is so fun i couldn't sit behind a desk so i really no. do understand that so one of the most popular garden trends for the last few decades has been native plants are superior to all other non-native plants when did you first learn about native plants uh, chastised and accused of being a shallow person who cared only about money and beauty when I suggested that some good plants for the landscape on my recommended list when I would teach the Master Gardener classes on landscape design and plant materials. Um, I, I was suddenly turned into someone who didn't love nature. And I thought, really? Um, but I've seen so many plants. So many insects, so many birds, excuse me, partake of these plants that I know that's not true. My own eyes have witnessed um, some fabulous interactions between non-natives and natives. So 
I mean, an insect. So I, I knew that in my heart, my own eyes didn't lie to me. I can appreciate that too as well. So what is a native plant? And is that a good question? You know, we were all once one continent, and then it began to drift around, and our continent has drifted over the equator on occasion. Um, a, a plant can be native at one era. I mean, ginkgo we know was native to the North American continent by fossil record at some point. And now we're planting ginkgo. Are we planting an Asian, or are we restoring a native? Um, if we say a plant's native to the U.S. and and not to Mexico, um, what if that plant gradually crosses that line, that artificial line drawn by man by natural means as climate changes comes further north or, or creeps further south? You know, uh, it's sort of an artificial thing, I think, that man imposes because the only constant in nature is change. That, that is true. So are there pros of native plants? Uh, it's uh, the native plant would be the best plant for that site when it's a native plant for that site. But there also may be plants that are not native that are best for that site. I always say, you know, we talk about not being prejudiced. We don't judge people by their origins. We're supposed to judge them as individuals, and that is certainly true of plants. Does it perform well on that site, and does it provide many benefits to wildlife? Because that is my mantra. Okay, so are native plants better than non-natives? Absolutely not. It just depends on the plant. Again, there's a plant that uh, will serve those needs, that will perhaps survive better in our stressed urban environments. And we have cities reaching 118 degrees in the northwest. Yeah. We need to plant whatever will provide some canopy, whatever will cool our cities and our planet and provide for wildlife. And if that's native, fine. If it's not native, use that. My gosh, please don't try to keep me from using something that will work. So what about species pollinators and wildlife, like bees and birds and other pollinators that only are attracted to one species of plants? Well, there's never one that's attracted, well, very, very few to one species. Families, yes, right? Because <laughs> let's just go ahead and take milkweed as the, uh, as the poster child. Uh, milkweed is a plant family that occurs all over the world, and there are milkweed butterflies all over the world. <clears throat> Why does it look different on another continent? Because climate made it appear different exterior-wise, but if you analyzed it nutritionally, if you put it in a blender, a monarch caterpillar would say, that tastes just fine. That's what I need. It's got the right chemicals in it. It's got the right nutrition. Um, so this idea that it has to be, it sounded like, it made so much sense that native insects require native plants because they evolve together. But again, the nutritional level, have they evolved together way back when and then the land parted. Um, I say that there's absolutely plenty. My favorite milkweed for using for my monarch, monarch caterpillars came from South Africa. It's Gomphocarpus physocarpus, and it's a giant willowy thing that creates so much foliage. My native milkweeds get munched right down. <laughs> and I transfer them over to my African milkweed, and there they thrive. Wow. So uh, what about municipalities and counties and cities mandating natives only? Well, think about this. is um, They've already adapted to these plants that are not necessarily uh, of North American well, origin. And, again, I, I contest that. Uh, and you're ripping it out, and you're trying to reestablish some natives that perhaps are not well-suited then you are absolutely damaging wildlife. And this is when I got upset, when people began to bash the tropical milkweed, Asclepius curasabica, because that plant only has the potential for problems where it overwinters. Now, the lady who did that research absolutely admits that any milkweed that overwinters, native or not, could cause the same problems with the parasite that affects the monarch. And she never meant for her research to be interpreted that way. So why did that suddenly get spread all over the country as plan to help monarch backfires and that if you sell or use tropical milkweed, easily grown annual from seed that you can buy cheaply, why would they choose that mantra of native is better over monarchs? That's what I got a little upset. I said, I've got to get my big mouth turned on about this issue. <laughs> well, 
So even native plants, they're endemic to certain areas that we find them in, but that endemic area could be 30 miles away from where you're living, and so it's not native for your area 30 miles away. Yeah, how specific are we going to get? Does it have to be to this country, to uh, this side of the Mississippi, to your state, to your county, to a particular soil type, to the north side of a hill? If you wander the wild enough, you know that certain plants are super specific. And if we're going to have to be that native, then, uh, I mean, we just can't do that anymore. We have to realize where we are in time and use plants that work. I'm sure you know Rick Dark, who co-wrote one of the Doug Tallamy books, and he and I both recently spoke up in Charleston, West Virginia. And he and I were sitting together talking about this, that we have to choose plants that work. In today's changed environment, we are in a very disturbed ecosystem, and we have to throw everything out there that insects can eat because I'm all about it. All right, so what should homeowners consider then before selecting a native plant or a non-native plant? Well, you weigh all its downsides to its benefits. I love to say always choose multi-purpose plants that will survive in that site with benign neglect, right? We want to lessen our impact, so we want to use less resource. So choose what will serve your design purposes, let's say a screen, that also offers perhaps flowers for pollinators, perhaps foliage for our host plants, for our Lepidoptera, and that provides for birds. So 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 it's always going to be different, but think multipurpose. I agree wholeheartedly. So, Carol, how is your philosophy being taken across the green industry? Well, it is being embraced, I think, because once people say, oh, it sounded like so much sense, it has to be native for native insects to use it. But when you talk to them about it and you show them the other side of the coin, I think most people's hearts say absolutely yes. Um, I have certainly encountered, you know, some haters, and that's fine. I hope to bring them together. I don't want to be, I don't want to fight. I want us all to think about what's best for all. Uh, and I've actually, this is now my most popular talk. So I've been doing this across the country, and I've been told a whole lot. I've relieved a lot of guilt. Oh, that's great. So uh, how can people find out more about hearing you on your podcast, reading your articles? How can they find you? Well, I don't do my podcasts or anything. I just um, I, I speak where people invite me to. I am um, a little bit deliberately hard to find, but I'm on Facebook. You can message me, and you can still find my email if you Google my name in the University of Tennessee because I have retained the old email as emeritus status. So feel free to contact me, and I'll be glad to send you my reading list. Um, also, the many, many articles that I've researched that show that the most birds now do occur in suburbia, not in the wild, of course, not in the deep cities, but suburbia with their patchwork of native and non-natives and open lawns with borders actually supply our birds best, better than any other habitat, and that's globally. Thank you so much, Carol. That's Carol Reese, and she is a retired extension agent from the University of West Tennessee. And, Carol, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. I enjoyed it very much, Teresa. Okay, good. You enjoy the rest of your weekend, hon. Thank you so much. Your dogs were great. <laughs> and so that's Carol Reese. Uh, I will be posting links to her um, where you can hear her podcast or where she's being interviewed on podcasts later today on Better Lawns and Gardens Facebook page. And uh, she's just amazing. So thank you so much. Uh, We're going to be back with more of Better Lawns and Gardens. I'm Teresa Watkins, and this is Florida's Talk and Entertainment Network. Are you a homeowner and need extra cash to pay off debt, medical bills, education expenses? Or are you planning for retirement? Homeowners like us have most of our money tied up in our homes. But what good does it do if you can't access your money with a real-life checkbook? Easy Knock offers a new way of getting cash out of your home. They buy it from you, and you stay in your home as a renter. And depending on your program, you can also buy it back at any time. If your credit score is not perfect, don't worry. Easy Knock can still help you get the cash you need. 
If your home is valued at $100,000 or more, take five minutes of your time to learn how to convert the equity in your home into cash. Give Easy Knock a call right now. 800-382-7624. 800-382-7624. 800-382-7624. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652-800-513-1652-800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger sticks. If you are living with type 1 or type 2 diabetes and you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, you might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. U.S. Med partners with over 500 private insurance companies and medicare we offer free shipping 90-day supplies and we bill your insurance call us today for a free benefits check 800-513-1652 800-513-1652 that's 800-513-1652 it has been said that everyone has a book in them but do you have the time or the ability to write your book Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family. Or maybe you've built a successful business and you want to share your story. At Dorrance Publishing Company, we have professional writers who can help turn your book idea into a finished manuscript quickly and affordably. A Dorrance ghostwriter can provide as much or as little help as you need to complete your book. You'll work directly with your ghostwriter to finish your book faster than you ever could on your own. It's easy to become a published author. Call Dorrance now to learn more. 800-485-6003. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-398-0651-800-398-0651-800-398-0651. That's 800-398-0651. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance it's not worth it if you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance call right now and learn for free how to get it listen affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away so give us a shout right now 800-398-0651-800-398-0651-800-398-0651 that's 800-398-0651 Welcome to Better Lawns and Gardens. Thank you to all our new listeners. If you know someone who loves to garden or has a question new to the state, please let them know about Better Lawns and Gardens every Saturday morning here, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. But, Lizzie, we are on different times in certain areas. Yes, we are. I know we are at 8 to 10 in some areas. We are all over because I will have texts because I run the home improvement show that comes on next here in Orlando. 
and I will get text and I will get phone calls during the home improvement show asking gardening questions. I'm like, please uh, send her an email. <laughs> yep. So we really do appreciate you here. If you have a gardening question, you can call us at one 455 You can hear Mar's great voice. He'll yeah. answer and take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> and you can text me at 23680. And you can find Better Lawns and Gardens on Facebook. So I would appreciate if you would do that. We would love you if you did that. Let's go to John in Winter Haven. John, you've been so patient. Thank you for holding on. How are you this morning? I'm doing fine, Teresa. Thank you. Uh, yeah, my question is, I have a cherry laurel tree uh, growing in the circus of my, my driveway, and my daughter wants to move this thing to her yard. Okay. But I, I, I don't know how to go about it. I don't want to kill it. Right. Okay, so how tall is it, John? It's nine foot. Okay, that's a really good height. Okay, so you want to do it in two stages. One, you at your daughter's house, I want you to have the hole dug and ready to go when you finally dig up this cherry laurel, okay? And then, so, so just have the hole twice the width, same depth. You're going to leave it out of the ground about one to two inches, no more than that. You want it to be good. So, um, so have that ready. But then I want you to root prune the cherry laurel. Okay, so that means this weekend, next weekend, whenever you want to do it, I want you to go about three to five feet out, and I want you to dig down with a shovel and just dig all the way around that cherry laurel. I don't want you to do it underneath. I don't want you to cut the bottom roots, but the sides I want you to cut. And you're going to um, hit some of the roots on the outside, now, I want you to cut it, and then I want you to water really well for about a week. Okay, a week to 10 days, water it very well, keep it moist. That's going to help it handle the shock. You may see a couple of leaves dropping off, some, you know, turning brown. Uh, but what that's going to do is it's going to send it into a little mini shock. And then when you're ready to move it to your daughter's house, then you want to come back through, cut it again, and then cut the bottom. Put it into a bag or a burlap, some kind of wrap, so you keep that soil, okay? And then move it to your daughter's house. Then you want to water the hole before you put the tree in it. Because what that's going to do, it's going to sink and saturate that soil so that when you put the plant in and water it, the dry ground will not wick the uh, water out of the soil. So saturate the hole, then put the tree in it and water it again, and then just keep watering it. Uh, I would probably do it probably once a day for the first week after you plant it. And then when you see new growth in the fall, you can go ahead and fertilize it. And then you just want to get on a routine of fertilizing it, you know, probably every few months or so, or with a slow-release fertilizer every few months. Yeah. Okay? Okay. Now, uh, my question was, you said three to five foot away from the... the yes, I would do it three feet. See if you encounter any roots. If you don't, you can come in a little bit more. You can do it at... Two, just come in a foot and do it at two feet. Okay? okay. And so, but three feet, I would go... Uh, you want to get as big a root ball as possible. That would, Did you plant the tree or was it... Did no, it no, volunteer? It, just, it popped up. Yep. So <laughs> it's going to have a good root system on it. I would start at three feet out, uh, and then uh, if you don't find any roots as you're going around, then go to two feet. But you should hit some roots at three feet if it volunteered, and it's nine feet oh. tall. Okay. Okay? I got it. Okay. Let us know how you do. Thank you so much, Teresa. You're I welcome, John. It. Thank you for calling in. Let's go to Ben in Tampa. Good morning, Ben. How are you? Hey, Teresa. I'm very well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for taking my call. I, uh, we live in Tampa. Uh, about a year ago, we planted a quantity of 90, 25-gallon areca palms around the front yard for privacy. They're, they're doing fine. The ones in, sh in uh, the shade are, are green. The ones in the sun are yellow, which I think is normal. My question is, the ones that are in the sun and are yellow also have a 
fair amount of ground on them. Um, and I don't, I know that's probably never ideal. Uh, I don't necessarily even hate the look of it. It's not excessive. However, my question is, we have never fertilized them. So I'm trying to figure out what to use, how much to use, so that I, I have the opposite of a green thumb, so I don't want to kill them. Right. Okay, so one thing is, is that we're right now, June 1st started the fertilizer bans in Hillsborough County. So you're going to go ahead and just uh, just tender them out. I would cut the brown fronds off if you, that you want to. And then in uh, late September, early October, I would fertilize it with a palm fertilizer um, that has uh, uh, magnesium and boron in it. Okay, so you want a okay, complete fertilizer, magnesium and boron, along with the nitrogen phosphorus, a complete fertilizer. And so, because um, golden yellow is a reek of palms, that's, that's not a problem. They usually are going to be greener in the shade. Uh, and so palms are heavy feeders, not by amounts, but by consistency. So you're going to want to do them on a regular basis after this and give them all that good start. But I'm thinking the brown leaves are coming from the cool. If you had a, a couple of cold snaps in Tampa this last winter, that's what it's coming from, I'm thinking. Gotcha. Okay. And the fertilizer you referenced, is that available off the shelf at the big box stores, or do I need to go somewhere a little more specialized? No, you don't need to go specialized. You want to go uh, with the big box stores. You know, uh, just a regular good palm fertilizer, uh, it will be fine. But make sure it has the micronutrients in it as well. Okay? Oh, thank you so much, Teresa. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. You too, Ben. Thank you so much. We've got Robert, and we've got text messages we're going to. If you'd like to give us a call, one 455 2967 or you can text us at 23680. Mar is taking your phone calls. We have Robert in Plant City, and he has a comment. Uh, good morning, Robert. How are you? Good morning, Teresa. How are you? Great. Let me tell you, uh, the lady that you had on just now is the real deal. Um, we do set up our barriers and say, what is, what is natural for this area? Well, you've got to remember what happens. There's not a wall between states and stuff, and things might uh, mutate over time. So what is, what is uh, natural in that? I would love to go to one of her lectures. Oh, she's great. Robert, that's a really great comment. Thank you so much for listening to Better Lawns and Gardens. We're going to be back. Thanks. You're in the final Thank half you. hour of Better Lawns and Gardens. You can give us a call, one 455 2967 or you can text 23680. You're listening to Better Lawns and Gardens, and this is Florida's Talk and Entertainment Network. When was the last time you had a truly awesome nursery experience? A nursery and garden center with a huge selection and friendly expert advice. We're talking about Quality Green specialists in Deland. At Quality Green, we have your favorite plants, fruit trees, flowers, vegetables, and herbs. Plus, with our 8011 fertilizer, organic azomite, and composted soil, your garden will look its very best. Great plants, sustainable products, friendly expert advice. 335 West Michigan Avenue, Deland, and online at qualitygreenspecialist.com. Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. There's a problem if you drink and drive a boat. It never just affects you. Boating under the influence is illegal and dangerous. Save lives by staying sober. Learn more about Florida's boating laws at myfwc.com. Brought to you by the FWC Division of Law Enforcement. Ever notice that regardless of what we're doing, time just keeps on ticking? If we're at work, it keeps on ticking. In our cars, ticking. Hanging out at home, yep time never stops. 
Repeatedly, the Bible affirms what we already know but have a hard time accepting. We have a limited amount of time on earth, and none of us knows how long that will be. James 4.14 says, You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And one day, our time will run out. You see, life is incredibly short, but eternity lasts forever. What will you do with the time you have left? Be sure you know Jesus, for a relationship with Him is what's most important forever. This is Bryant Wright, thankful to spend this time with you, speaking right from my heart. For more on this and other topics, visit rightfromtheheart.org. The forecast calls for warm gulf breezes blowing through your hair and soft, sugary white sand below your feet, along with mostly sunny skies on outdoor patios while dining al fresco, cool, colorful street murals mixed with world-renowned art museums, and around sunset, there's a chance of fiery orange skies over emerald green waters. So immerse your senses in St. Pete Clearwater and start planning your beach escape at visitstpeteclearwater.com. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. Welcome back to Better Lawns and Gardens. We still have time for your phone calls. You can give us a call, one 455 2967 or text me at 23680. Carol Reese, uh, our interview in the second hour, she emailed me back, and she said, please add something later uh, in the effect that it should have said something about homeowners not planting invasive, aggressive plants. And so that is so true. So whether it's native, we can have our native aggressive uh, plants and then also non-native aggressive plants. So you want to make sure that you are planting uh, a plant that is not invasive. She's going to be digging out of her garden uh, flowers that have huge root balls on them that are invasive in her in her uh, on down on her farm, and you don't want to get into that. So make sure that what you're planting is not invasive, and you can contact your local extension office for that. Let's go to Beverly in North Florida. Good morning, Beverly. Good morning. How I'm are you? I'm well. How are y'all doing? We're doing great, hon. I wanted to give you a, a rain update up here, but I really liked, I learned so much from that woman, Carol Reese. Oh, wasn't she great? Yeah, and, you know, uh, I'm going to try and um, find more of her information. But anyway, I, you know, I think I sent you some pictures of my Cherokee purple tomatoes. They are beautiful. I'm going to be uploading them today. Well, and here's the deal. The, to, you can, it's easy to overwater your tomatoes. The first year I grew tomatoes, it took, I watered them every day because they were like so special. But I've found over the three or four years I've been growing them that they only need water about every three days. Yep, that's at true. Least, at least up here. And the way the rain's been coming up here through North Florida this this spring and summer, I've only watered my tomatoes twice in three months. Wow, that's pretty good. You have had a lot of water up in North Florida. And, and, and gratefully, it's come about every three days. You know, so. <laughs> Mother Nature's right on time there. Well, that's good because yeah, it doesn't down here. <laughs> I, I, and, and, the, and the evening temperatures are just getting out of the 60s. You know, they uh, appear tomatoes 
will not put fruit out once the nighttime temperatures get above 75. No, they don't. That's so, good. I don't know if that helps anybody, but um, I, I'm happy to not have to water my tomatoes. Well, that is wonderful. Thank you so much, Beverly, for calling Thank in. Thank you. I enjoyed your guest so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. So the symptoms for overwatering and underwatering are the same. So if the leaves are wilting, stick your finger in the ground around the plant, and it could be that you're overwatering and those roots are so bloated that it's not going to be able to absorb any water. So, therefore, it looks like it's, you know, needing water. But you could be underwatering, too, and the leaves or the roots could be so desiccated that it can't absorb water either. And so symptoms for overwatering and underwatering are the same. You want to just stick your finger in the ground, look at those roots, dig those roots up, and just kind of check it out, see what you need to do. Let's go to Mohammed in Tampa. Good morning, Mohammed. How can I help you? Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me in the call. Wonderful. I have a question. Yes, sir. Uh, the custard apple. So I was originally from India, mm -hmm. and we have a lot of custard apples there. It's very sweet uh, fruit, and it has a lot of uh, ingredients, minerals, potassium, all those things. Mm -hmm. But I never saw that fruit here even though it doesn't need a special conditions to grow. And also, I got some seeds from online somewhere, and then I tried to plant it, but they never grew. Okay. So what, what should I do to grow them? Well, and custard apples should be able to grow in your area, but you have to, you know, make sure that it doesn't freeze because they, they do not like freezes. And so you're just right on that cusp of the, the area where you can get some freezes. So um, I would buy an actual transplant, of a, a custard apple that's already growing, because when you're doing seeds, it may take several years for that custard apple to produce fruit if it grows out of the, you know, if it grows large enough to produce fruit. So I would buy, I would go to a nursery, an independent nursery, and uh, see if they can order you a custard apple, or they may be able to have one for you. And if you email me, Mohammed, I will send you uh, some nurseries that you can get a custard apple from. Okay, so you can uh -huh. email me at Teresa.Watkins at live.com. Teresa.Watkins at live.com. Okay. At live Okay, I really appreciate your help. It doesn't need any special fertilizers or anything. To well, you, you're going to want to fertilize it, but, you know, we'll go ahead. Let's find one first and get it in the ground, and I'll send you information on how to grow custard apples, okay? Okay, I really, really appreciate it. Teresa.watkins at live.com. Right? Thank you so much, Mohammed. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Teresa. I really appreciate your help. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, uh... Amanda in Tallahassee says, what kind of fertilizer is best for hibiscus? A general, you know, flowering fertilizer, you know, blooming fertilizer. Uh, you know, it's not a fancy type of plant. So a regular 666-888-101010 uh, will work. But if you want it to really produce some leaves, you want something that has a higher phosphorus middle number. Uh, so in Tallahassee, I don't know whether you're on the fertilizer ban or not. Check with your local extension office. Uh, but, yeah, go ahead and fertilize those hibiscus. They like it. So we have another text message that says, I'm concerned about native fruit and vegetables. Have they been invaded? I don't understand what that means. But I believe they were seasonal that should be consumed particular times in particular areas for good health. Well, it's always good to have edible plants in the landscape. And we do have some natives, you know, like our blueberries are native to Florida. And so when they produce fruit, it's always good to buy the fruit when it's growing in season. And I think that's just, you know, proper for vegetables and fruits, that if they're growing in your garden, that's the time to eat them when they're producing. Okay, so then I have another text message going, hello, I have, hello, I have an old gardening sh or gardenia shrub with several inside branches which are dead. Can I trim down the entire shrub? And uh, thank you. So thank you for listening to Better Lawns and Gardens and asking that question. I don't want you to take more than a third of the plant off, whether it's a third of the height, whether it's a third of the whole uh, shrub. Uh, if you clip out the brown sections, that's going to be fine. You can clip off dead branches anytime. 
Gardenias just finished a really a strong blooming period, but there's also gardenias right now that are starting to set buds. So look first to see if your gardenias have little buds in the center of the leaves. If they are, you don't want to cut them right now. Just cut out the brown. But if there's no buds on your bush, yes, you can go ahead and cut it back. And it may just be a little while before you get the blooms to come back again. So make sure you're fertilizing it correctly. But you can cut a shrub by a third without stressing it out too much. Okay, I hope that helps. All right, you can give us a call, one 455 or you can text 23680. So next week, Lizzie, you have a special guest host, Tom McCubbin. I am host, super excited. Host Emeritus is going to be here with his guest, Lance Walheim, with Gardening with Roses Expert and all the Garden Series, Gardening for Dummy Series. And he's going to be on. They're going to have a great show, and uh, he's going to take care of it while I'm gone to Philadelphia. Oh, he's going to do a good job, I'm sure. It's oh, almost like he's done this before. Really? <laughs> he's he's going to he's going to know how to handle it. He's not he's not going to make all the mistakes that I do. So I I that's funny, but I enjoy him because I am going to. I can't wait to hear him. So thank you, Lizzie and Mar, for behind the scenes, just producing everything and keeping everything intact. Always. Keeping me on the straight and narrow. Mar, thank uh, you so much. I always have fun with you guys. He's been cracking the whip this morning, boy. He's like, Lizzie, go over here. Lizzie, go do that. Go check on this. Hey, I'm I was like, it, man. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting it I together. I love it. He's a producer now, let me tell you. Uh, I want to thank Bill Stengel, Summit Responsible Solutions, maker of Mosquito Bits and Dunks and other responsible, environmentally responsible pest controls. Check out SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. I also so much enjoyed be, uh, having Carol Reese here, Garden Rancher Emeritus, for helping to broaden the discussion on native plants. It's something that we should be discussing. And uh, thank you to all our callers and texters. Uh, our Facebook fans, please go on Facebook and like the page. And you can follow Carol Reese. You can fo- follow Lizzie. Lizzie, what's your Facebook page? Uh, hashtag Lizzie said what and that's with an I and E for Lizzie there you go thank you so much join Lizzie and Mar and me next week for more Better Lawns and Gardens you'll have Tom McCubbin here I'm Teresa Watkins and this is Florida's Talk and Entertainment Network Living with a body of water right outside your home sounds delightful until these boogers start showing up. Mosquitoes aren't just annoying, they can carry deadly diseases like Zika and West Nile virus. But with Summit Mosquito Dunks, you can have your pond without all the worry. Simply drop a Summit Mosquito Dunk into standing water and kill mosquito larvae for 30 days or longer. Mosquito dunks are harmless to people, pets, fish, and wildlife. So it's just that, that stop hanging around. Visit SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800 513 1652. 800 513 1652. That's 800 513 1652.